Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com. And I'm Eric Name, and I'm bringing it to you. And also bringing it to you is Frank Madden. <laughs> Frank, how are you? Uh, I'm good, you know. Just Bucks taking care of business against a, you know, a, a I'm solid really disappointed team. you didn't have TCB right to, yeah. right to play in the background. I know. I know. I'm. Uh, I don't know if that should be a thing. It because shouldn't. again, I really I don't shouldn't. like the song, so <laughs> I don't know if I want to encourage that. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Bucks. Um, I mean, I think really good to get a win after after a loss that obviously we felt a bit raw about, even though it wasn't a, a bad loss per se because it came against the Spurs on Monday. But um, to see them, uh, you know, kind of. I mean, they they gave up those three triples in a row in the fourth quarter to mm-hmm. to take a game that was sort of you know being managed pretty well in terms of the lead and and make it a bit dramatic. But you know, ultimately they didn't have too much drama at the end. And I think against a Blazers team that we saw can get very hot from three, especially in that first half. Um, it was encouraging to see them kind of buckle down a bit and actually hit some of their own threes. And um, without without those threes, uh, I don't think you know, I don't think they win the game. Um, so encouraging on a lot of fronts. Jabari first quarter, Giannis goes out and he does what we kind of hoped Jabari would do. We saw Della Vadova crunch time Delhi uh, <laughs> for the second time in three games, making some big plays. And of course, Giannis um, even without a big scoring night manages to just completely stuff the box score and um you know got got some points did he score, i think he might have did he score eight in the in the fourth quarter something something like that um he ended with so two. yeah i think so yeah six or eight so i can't remember for yeah sure. but so yeah. i think uh a lot of encouraging things brogdon and monroe played very well they were the big plus plus minus guys in the night and uh yeah that's it's a good win you know yeah uh buck did we say the score? Bucks win 115-107, um, in case you didn't get to watch it. Um, but yeah, got, They got the over. They did get the over. I had a few people text <laughs> me about that, or uh, tweet me about that. I appreciate you for listening, and uh, hopefully you actually pounded the over at BetDSI.com, because <laughs> um, I certainly would have. Uh, I was a little bit worried there for a little bit. Uh, Portland's 18-point third quarter certainly did not help the cause, um, but Again, another game where you see the Bucks hold a talented offensive team down, and uh, it's tough to be anything, I, I guess, but it, but impressed there um, for that for that third quarter. Obviously, it was a little rough at other times, and it, it that fourth quarter where they give up those three threes in a row. It was it was poor defensive execution and. There, there was just some strange things. I know, one, I know Steve Von Horn was watching the game, which is fantastic because he tweeted about it. Um, and two, we were talking about 
Tony Snell crashed the boards on that three they hit in transition. I can't remember if it was the first, second, or third one the Blazers got. But, like, the Bucks had four guys crashing the offensive glass, and it just didn't for make For no it. reason. For no reason. <laughs> Literally none. It, it didn't make any sense at all. And maybe it was the third one. I feel like there was a timeout right after it. Um, but, yeah, then the Blazers just go down and hit a three because there's no one covering uh, them in transition. So it it's funny. I, after the game, I asked Kid if this if at times this was starting to feel like that 2014-15 defense because, I mean, like I said, an 18-point third quarter against the Blazers, a nine-point second quarter against the Spurs. Obviously, the other team needs to help you in, in missing some shots um, and maybe missing some shots that they normally make, but those are those are two impressive quarters. And uh, I, I, like I said the other night, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to think it's the Bucks' defense and not uh, not other offenses playing poorly against them. I keep asking that question, and there are times where, this season where I'm feeling like it's definitely the defense. Uh, so, so that's very, very exciting. Um, yeah, just a just a solid win. They took care of business. Um, I think I have a take here, Frank, and I'd love to hear hear how hot you would grade it. <laughs> okay. I think the Blazers' defense is the Bucks' defense last year, in in that it's totally in, in, lost and it okay. needs a center that could do something so so badly. Well, the, yeah, it's it's interesting because the Blazers are often sort of held up as a team that uh, I mean, you, you you would say it's actually sort of the the opposite of what the Bucks do in terms of uh, you know when a few years ago Terry St- I don't know if I don't know if it started a few years ago or if Sots has always done this and it just didn't become talked about more, but they just don't help on on like post post plays for instance they're yeah. um you know unlike the bucks who who try to um double a lot i mean i i think the bucks double too much on on post plays and sometimes it's just sort of done without i think that much logic um but uh the blazers kind of famously don't do that i think that was why you saw greg monroe be able to kind of go to work uh, mm-hmm. a bit tonight um but they famously don't do that and you know it's sort of one of those things that you kind of wonder in, in in a lot of things in basketball and in life, you know, it, it's not necessarily the the strategy that you choose so much as the execution of that strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you execute, you know, a scheme where you don't help much very well, you can be a great defense. If you execute a strategy where you help a lot, I mean, I think what we've seen from the Bucks two years ago, what we're hopefully seeing from the Bucks now, what we saw from the Hawks in the last couple of years, you know, you can be successful doing that. And, and again, you know, we can argue the finer points of whether one's better than the other. Or, you know, do you really need to be extreme? Is that really mm-hmm. the, the ideal way to do it? But um, but if you execute, if, if you commit to something and execute a system well, um, unless it's just like horrendously conceived, I mean, you could argue that if you have an offense that is based around not t- taking any threes, for example, <laughs> like the Bucks <laughs> last year, then you're going to be bad no matter how well you execute it. Um, fortunately, the Bucks have at least started to shoot some threes tonight, and it was pretty critical tonight that um, you know guys started knocking down some threes. You know, Malcolm Brogdon hit some some very big threes tonight. Um, Delhi hit three threes tonight. Uh, you know, uh, guys stepped up. I mean, Snell had a couple threes, so that that was definitely encouraging. So, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, I and mean, it just yeah, the the Portland defense obviously struggled. It, it was interesting. I I felt maybe it was just because I was, um, I view so much of my Bucks fandom through the lens of how is Giannis doing, mm-hmm. um, and 
Oh, especially no. especially in the kind of second through fourth quarters, they seem to be getting back on him a lot better. Okay, uh, and so it was actually surprising because then I looked at the fast break points and the Bucks won at twenty seven to thirteen. Um, so they totally destroyed the the Blazers in transition, um, plus twenty two in the paint as well. So basically, the Bucks did those um, those two big things that that they usually do, um, and they also won the points off turnovers twenty one to ten, which is obviously is part of the fast break points and the paint points as well. The so. Blazers just seem so bad defensively. Like that first half, there was just so many easy baskets. Uh, Jabari was, I mean, that that one, I guess it would have been his last basket of the first quarter, I think, where he, he literally just dribbled the ball up the middle of the floor and yeah. no one decided to pick him up. And then in the second half, he had another one of those where he was just kind of dribbling in transition and no one from the Blazers really felt like picking him up. And it, ugh, they... They are a mess defensively. I feel I feel confident in saying that. Um, I guess taking a look at some other things, um, would you prefer Malcolm Brogdon to shoot forty percent consistently, or are you cool with these these cold stretches and then hot stretches? Because he goes nine for eleven, I think, in a four game stretch. Uh, then he goes zero for four in the last two, and then tonight. He was three for three. Um, would you prefer a consistent forty percent across, or would you? Are you cool with these ups and downs? Well, I don't think I'm allowed to. I mean, I don't think I actually get to choose. Uh, but <laughs> I, I mean, of course, I'd rather have consistency, right? You'd rather know night to night what you're going to get. But um, you know, I think the mere fact that Brogdon is up near forty percent um, from three, I think he might have gone back over tonight. Uh, with three for three effort I think that's obviously a big positive it's kind of interesting because he's um I don't think of him as being a guy who struggles inside the arc but he has not been good shooting inside the arc and that's that's a theme unfortunately for both Bucks point guards but obviously that's not really a big ask of them to create going to the basket that's really not generally sort of their their skill set and obviously their Bucks rely on other guys to try to attack how many Kobe assists they both have because I would I would assume it's quite a bit well, Delhi didn't tonight in the fourth quarter because he was just straight Correct. getting buckets. But he got um, one in the first quarter that put back Giannis had. Okay, yeah. And he Brogdon did. and Brogdon tends to get a bunch when he's out there with Monroe. Like Monroe will clean up something. Yeah. Um again, I would have to really dig deep on that and maybe get Kirk Goldberry back into the uh public sector to make that happen. But it, you need do you really need hexagons to help you figure this out come on <laughs> but it, it is interesting with those guys that like you said inside the inside the three point line it can it can get a little hairy for those two and you yeah. and I'm, it's weird you definitely you definitely don't draw up or <laughs> desire no. delhi being uh shooting you know runners and um little step through shots and little like flip shots in the lane uh down the stretch but I, obviously actually, don't that, you i feel like they do well is, i don't know isn't I mean, it... he's 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 i mean he I, I it seems like he's pretty good at those little runners um and i think part of the issue is you know his his two-point field goal percentage is going to be bad just because he doesn't get easy baskets Correct. you know he's probably i'd have to look at his shot chart but i would guess that he's probably pretty solid in that like non-restricted area paint shot yep um which is, you know, just 
I mean, again, it's just not a higher a dead percentage zone shot. for everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a, you know, I mean, is that good? <laughs> but, um, but it, obviously it, it can be a weapon for him. And, and, you know, when, when defenses, especially when he's running those pick and rolls with Giannis and, and, and not, and not so much Jabari tonight, maybe, but especially with Giannis late in games, um, you know, teams, we, we've mentioned how good Giannis has been as a role man when he actually can get a catch. Uh, and so obviously teams have to play for that. And that means that Della Vadova is going to be, you know, asked to, you know, it's like, Hey, beat us Deli. And, and tonight he, he did. One thing I've been thinking about a little bit, I guess in the Spurs game and let's see what other one, the Nets, the second Nets game at home, they've kind of gone away from, from, or maybe it was the Nets game away. I'm just trying to think of the game that they went Jabari heavy. I guess that was Nets away. Um, in those two games, they've gone away from Delhi left wing with no one else on the left wing, Giannis at uh, the left elbow, and then running that pick and roll action. And it, I mean, obviously there's going to be some bias towards positive results, but I feel like when they've ran those sets, teams generally haven't stopped it. Like when they've gone to that late in games, whether it be Giannis setting the pick, whether it's Delhi setting the pick, that action has killed teams late in games. And I do wonder why. I guess some other games, like maybe you're not quite feeling about feeling as good about Delhi. But again, tonight, like he just came in and wasn't really playing great before that, and he made some plays. Um, but it feels like they should just use that action all the time. Like any clutch time, Giannis, Delhi, pick and rolls. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, the upside of it is I, we saw kind of a very extreme way that the Blazers were playing Giannis tonight. And to be honest, it annoys me when when Alan Crabb is under the free throw line and Giannis is, you know, 19 feet away from the basket or something. Yeah. I mean, my view is Giannis should just put his backside to the to the dude and just try to back him down and try to get, you know, one of those little push shots because he's got a small guy on him and and just use that because I just you know whatever and tonight he, he ended up with obviously a, a triple double and he had all these assists but uh, I, I don't like it when he sort of allows teams to play him in such a weird way mm-hmm. and obviously it didn't stop the Bucks from scoring a ton of points and being very effective offensively but um, you know just sort of on general principle I think I would like Giannis to when, when teams are just ex, being extreme in the way they lay off him. I would like him just try to you know either drive really aggressively, you know, take the shot, or but just dribbling around like with a guy six seven feet off of you inside the arc. It's just like I, I'm just like no, don't don't let them disrespect you like that. Do something and maybe you know whatever they're at. They obviously are okay with him shooting a, a jumper there, but um, but yeah, that was. Uh, I, it was obviously not Giannis's best game uh, from from a scoring standpoint, but you know once again he did pretty much everything else. You know defensively, four blocks, two steals, um, a dozen rebounds, and uh, and then you know it's it's been, it's interesting how kind of game to game you never know if the Bucks are going to go more with Giannis kind of quarterbacking and looking for you know guys coming off screens and some of that stuff, which you know they don't necessarily do a ton of. Mm-hmm. Um, but him quarterbacking versus maybe being a little bit more Delavadova centric and having Giannis go from from the elbows and things like that tonight. Obviously, it was more of a point Giannis type of night, and that's why Delhi gets one assist and Giannis gets eleven. Yeah, and I get I, I'm I'm still trying to figure out if I like that there's that variation that they can go different ways, or if I would 
I mean, I think selfishly we would all prefer like, yes, point Giannis all the time. I want to see him flirting with ten assists every single night. Like that's exactly what I want. And but I, I honestly, I don't know if he would. I don't know if he would. I mean, would he? I don't know if he would score as much that way, right? Because, yeah, certainly. Because you know, the thing is, when you put him at the elbow, and all from a spacing perspective, you know, it's ironic, right? Giannis with the ball will will have six, seven cushion, feet of cushion against guys. But if he tries to catch at you know sixteen or seventeen feet from the hoop, the guy's all Tight. over him, right? Yeah. They try to, to deny because they don't want him to get the ball. So it's kind of funny, and it's just like kind of an interesting thing about how you know sort of sometimes just sort of contradictory sort of ideas in the way teams play Giannis because he's just such a weird player. Um, they try to deny him that catch so often. And and that's why I think the elbow is a decent option. I think you have to like give it looks in games because it is ways to make the defense actually try um, to, to play up on him. And obviously when they play up on him, then you open up opportunities for him to try to get a blow by or, um, you know, take a smaller guy into the post or whatever. And, you know, it's again, it's just variety is better, I think. Um, and, and obviously tonight we saw maybe it shift more towards Giannis handling and, and playmaking and at worked. Um, but again, I mean like the idea that Giannis has to bring the ball up every time or something like that, or everything has to be a high pick and roll. I mean, why would you want to do that when he's been phenomenal as a pick and roll finisher and, you know, he can do, he can hurt you so many different ways. He can create gravity in so many different ways, right? If you put him in the post, you know, teams obviously have to respect that, even if he's not a phenomenal post guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm good with with, with variety. I, I, I would agree as well. And also, I kind of think back to we had the conversation with Ian Levy, and he said, well, if you have him do one thing, the idea of him being everything isn't as possible. Like if you are defining something, then, well, then it can't be everything anymore. It's that thing that you decided to define. Um, so it, it's just been interesting to watch. And uh, like you said tonight, I guess some of the, some of the interesting parts of teams sinking so far in on him is that I think sometimes when those teams do it, they just decide that they're going to do it across the board against the Bucks, and and maybe they don't decide that, but just everyone gets so used to sinking in that they just close out shooters maybe a little bit more lazy because I I was thinking to that third quarter where it just seemed like or the third and the fourth a little bit where the Bucks just had a barrage of threes and you look at Jabari hit one where someone's not even close to covering him he's one pass away from Giannis and Giannis literally just like takes a dribble towards the towards the rim and and pretty passive not not attacking anything just like a dribble towards the basket Everyone sinks in a little bit, and it's literally a pass to Jabari eight, ten feet away, and Jabari just steps in, cans one. Kind of the same thing with Snell sometimes, and you can see some of those in transition as well where it's just a little pitch back and the Bucks hit threes. And, I mean, when they're hitting those threes and that's the strategy the team is using, I mean, Giannis is just going to rack up assists uh, because – you're just giving the Bucks threes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the Bucks can continue to uh, to hit those threes and to continue to, to be a threat. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the bench. Uh, Greg Monroe, 15 points, four rebounds, one assist, three steals. Um, I thought in the second quarter there was a sequence where the Blazers went high pick and roll, middle of the floor. Monroe was asked to step up and hedge on McCollum. 
and McCollum stretched him out a little bit to the left. I think he hit it behind the back and split the double team and got to the middle, and, I mean, it was over from there. But I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, God, <laughs> this is going to be a long night. Like, Greg still isn't great in pick and rolls, and he can struggle there. Like, how is he going to handle this? And I thought for the most part he was good. Um, and I think by the – like during his final shift of the night, I think his legs might have been a little bit tired and he struggled a little bit there. Um, but for the most part, I thought he was quite good uh, throughout the night. And it's been the same thing. Three steals, I think, again, I, I wrote about it a while ago, but literally right before he got buried on the bench. But his per 36 steals among centers is – I think among the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And after the game, kid was super, super happy with him, said he was off the charts for us offensively and defensively. And they asked him to play on the perimeter and bring pressure. And he did that. And he got some deflections and he got some steals. And yeah, like it's strange to see Greg Monroe do good things defensively after last year. And I think it's, it's commonplace now. Like that's, that's been Greg Monroe this year. This is a tough team for him too, because not only you know do you, you mentioned the the pick and roll hedging, and and you've got two guards obviously you can pull up with without any room and and bury threes, but you know also Myers Leonard got loose, and yep. I I, I want to say that was when Monroe was on the court. So I was actually a little surprised when I looked at Monroe's box score and saw that he was like what was he plus fifteen or plus, plus eleven 14. or something? Yeah, plus fourteen. Yeah, oh no, so plus he was, eleven. Excuse me, Bezu yeah, plus so fourteen. Yeah, so he was. He was a big plus, um, and and obviously the you know the for for whatever they might have lacked with him um, getting out on the perimeter against Myers Leonard for that period, he obviously was giving it to Myers Leonard in the post, yeah. um, and and not having too much trouble against those single coverages. So um, so yeah, I mean Monroe obviously obviously played well, and um, I know I mentioned it before, but um, you know Jabari twenty seven points, it, it maybe got lost a little bit because Giannis gets a triple double, and I think Jabari only had two points in the fourth quarter. Um, I think it was on that uh, dunk off the the inbound pass from Giannis, <laughs> which was. was pretty impressive. Um, but uh, you know, kind, kind of one of these nights. It's it's sort of an interesting night for Jabari. I mean, he really didn't. You know, the box score doesn't really show him doing much of anything other than than scoring. I think three rebounds, only one assist. Um, I did think you know he seemed again kind of like he was moving the ball you know i think kind of keeping that he wasn't just chucking um it seemed like he was creating especially in that first quarter where he had 13 points it just seemed like that was like the idealized jabari in a staggered role with Giannis on the bench just going to work creating shots for himself burrowing through that porous portland defense and just um you know just getting buckets uh so that was that was pretty cool to see obviously um you know the final line 27 points on 23 shots you know isn't um the the, the raw number of points is great but uh 23 shots okay not like a, a hot shooting night or anything like that one of five from three um but you know again he was a plus five uh he had at least that one really good sequence defending Lillard one on one. Do you remember yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Lillard tried to shake him a couple times. Now, that was not Jabari's entire night defensively. So, um, but you know, again, it's just like okay, let's let's take these. Let's look for for signs that that he's can you know has that ability and um, and then it's just a matter of of doing that more consistently um, on the court. So um, so yeah, some some positives from from Jabari. You you just hope that obviously he can start doing some other stuff rebounding a bit more consistently um 
and uh, and that the points will will continue to come. But um, but yeah, uh, it, hopefully that uh, that that confidence kind of carries over that of him looking for a shot and wanting to be the guy. It feels like he's getting closer and closer to a breakout. No. Right, like, what, what do you what do you mean by breakout? Like a huge game or like yes. a stretch of like, no, like a huge 25? game where instead of being on for two quarters like he was tonight, where first quarter thirteen, second quarter ooh, probably ten, or no, first quarter and then third quarter maybe eight to ten. I don't know, but there's very hot periods where he needs the ball. He's killing it and scoring a bunch of points and then cold periods where where things aren't going as well and then hot periods and then cold periods and i do wonder if we're going to get one of those full games where it's just just jabari's game and shots are falling he's attacking and he's just filling it up i feel like we're getting closer to one of those but again that just might be hope that just might be me hoping that we're getting one of those do you, do you think we're getting closer i don't know well, the important thing is he's had a m- number of games where he's, where he's hit, you know, three or more three-pointers and obviously it's a lot easier to put up a, you know, 40 plus point night if you're doing it inside and out, right? Yeah. And so last year, obviously he was having to score being very um interior and and mid-range focused cuz he he did shoot some threes after the All-Star break but not in in a high volume. Uh, you know, this year yeah, I mean, could we see him have a night where he goes, you know, I think what he had the one with with five threes in in that one game, you know, could he have a game where he hits five or six threes and um, you know, the, they're playing against a team that is is terrible in transition or has no rim protection or whatever it might be, uh and he just gets out and and gets a bunch of easy buckets going to the rim as well. Uh yeah, I mean, that's that would be kind of the perfect storm for him. Uh and and certainly in that scenario you could see him, you know, putting up a big a, a big number and and I think that's you know, we've seen him score 36 last year against that Houston team. Uh, we've seen him score 33 this year. I think it was, was it against the Pelicans, I yep. think, he scored 33. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's knocking on the door. I mean, it would, it would definitely, I think, be a cool thing to see him to see him crack 40 in a game. Um, I'm curious, would you say Jabari or Giannis? I mean, Giannis is averaging more points per game, right? I think Jabari's at 19-2, and Giannis got, is now down to 22 even. Yep. Um, who do you think is more likely to score 40 in a game this year, and do you think either of them does it? Wow, that's a good one. Um, it's it can be incredibly easy for Giannis at times because he gets to the free throw line so often. Obviously, that makes scoring efficiently easy. Um, but he doesn't. I can't imagine he's going to have a game. I mean, this year Jabari's had games with five threes, four threes, three threes. Like, there's been games where he's put up a bunch of threes and hit a bunch of them, and we haven't we haven't really seen one of those from Giannis yet this year. Uh, man, this is tough. Um, let's go with Giannis on a forty point night. Um, I think that'll happen first. Okay. I mm, I was gonna say I I don't know if I, I probably wouldn't bet on either doing it. Um. Because I think the other thing too is that Giannis obviously also is is fundamental. Even though the ball's in his hands, he's also a guy who obviously wants to get other guys involved. So um, you know he's not just going to go out and, and, and chuck to, to hit forty or something like that. So um, so I don't know. I, I don't because know. Because what Jabari? Forty. Jabari's season high is thirty three. Giannis's is thirty two in the Four. opener. Four. Thirty four. Yeah, thirty one in the opener, thirty four against Cleveland. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, but you know, hey. The, so did I you make a pick? I cut you off from. there. Um. I don't think either will. I think maybe Jabari might be more likely. 
I don't know why I think Jabari is more like. I mean, he does have a higher career high. Obviously, Giannis is averaging more points, um, but Jabari might be more like higher volatility because of his three point shooting. But as you said, I mean, free throws are are perhaps just as important yeah. in, in getting a big big scoring night. So, um, so that would be a nice thing to have. What was uh, speaking of free throws? Um, I asked you before we came on. Did you did you notice anything? Because I, I was watching on TV. Um, did you notice anything about the the ten second call on Giannis? Because it was interesting. It was on the second free throw of his first trip to the free throw line, and the and, and that came in the second half. Interesting that he got ten free throws uh, in that half. Yeah. Um, and the Blazers, if I recall correctly, were counting out the time. Like, they were counting a year ago and I think Myers Leonard was specifically from the bench so I hate Myers Leonard because of that he might have even been doing it like at the free throw (laughs) I don't know Um, I don't know if they really let you I don't think they it's good they really let you talk when you when guys are shooting free throws it was it was both their big white guys Myers Leonard was counting from the bench last year and Plumlee was not was not saying anything but he was like you know when officials are counting off, they do the little thing with their hand by the side, yeah. like the little hand flick. Like Plumlee was doing that while looking at the official, just one. Two. When he was on the court, or? yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Um, and, so, I mean, and and let's be honest. I mean these these are two of the most punchable faces in the entire ooh. NBA. And counting out Giannis, I don't care if Giannis is actually breaking that that rule because he is. But definitely is. seriously, you're gonna be you're gonna be those guys. You're gonna be a, like tat. You're, these guys are they're snitches. That's what they are. Yeah, they so, are. Look at um, these guys. But yeah, so that that was last year. Um, I, I mean, I was sitting behind the away bench tonight. Um, I didn't hear anyone counting. I will say that the call got made, and then Terry Stotts turned his back to the floor and looked at a, a number of the assistants on the bench and his players and gave a little smile. Um, he seemed quite pleased with himself. Um, so I would assume there was a talking to before the game at halftime, um, maybe after the first free throw. I don't know when it would have happened, but it certainly seems like the Blazers would be the team that would be doing that talking and letting the officials know that, hey, Giannis takes longer than 10 seconds. We counted it off last year. Um, I would, I should honestly look and see who the officials were for both games. If it, if it was the same officiating crew, that would be something. Um, but, yeah, the, Blaz- the Blazers were pleased with themselves when, when that got call- called. And I guess this would be the officiating crew to do it because they called a five-second call in the first quarter. And I tweeted out, I've legitimately – I don't think I've ever seen, certainly live I haven't seen it. I've never seen a five-second call made in the NBA. I, I think I saw one called, a, I thought I saw one called, a, maybe it was against a team playing the Bucks in the last year or two. But yeah, it's pretty rare. It's the back down, like the Charles Barkley rule, I guess. Um, I, it's interesting because I got nervous. And, and Giannis, is, the time Giannis takes on free throws, We've discussed it in the comments on Brew Hoop. It's been a frequent thing. I know Old Resorter has talked about it a lot. And, um, you know, I think Old Resorter's comment was always um, that, you know, taking that much time just is not a good thing. It, you know, it introduces, I think, well, and I don't, I'm, I'm be poorly paraphrasing, but kind of introduces more variability. And, you know, sometimes Giannis takes like, 
two deep breaths and sometimes he takes three. I swear to God, he took like five the other day before he started <laughs> dribbling. Um, I mean, he must have been up there for like 20 seconds before before he shot the free throw. Um, and maybe that maybe that's what the advanced scout was like. OK, this guy, you know, isn't that we he wouldn't even get it off in the 24 second shot clock on a, on a free throw. Um but uh, it would be nice. I would like it. I think just from, you know, great, a lot of great free throw shooters. I mean, Steph Curry is a great example. These guys don't screw around. You know, they take like one, two dribbles in rhythm up good, right? Like they don't belabor it. Um, I and, think that has know, to do with being a good shooter, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, Jabari doesn't. I mean, he takes what, one, one or two dribbles and just up and, and he's a good free throw shooter. Now, the nice thing is Giannis has become, has been a good free throw shooter this year. Um, but I got a bit nervous because. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, he missed the two free throws after he got called for the, that, that violation. So of course I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm thinking, Oh my God, is this like in his head now? Like, is it, you know, his whole rhythm is off, whatever it might be. (laughs) And it was definitely a relief to see him then knock down six straight to end the game, um, and kind of bounce back a little bit. And he's been a good free throw shooter. He's been high seventies this year. So that's, he's too strong for that stuff, Frank. He's too strong. Yeah. Yeah, especially because I mean, kind of lost in how good he was last year. Was he was I think he was under seventy percent for sure. Actually, had some some really poor um, spells from the free throw line. So you know, especially if you're going to get to line a lot, obviously you really want to make that count because uh, you you absolutely don't want to be a star player who you know shoots fifty eight percent or sixty some sixty below sixties from the line. Um, and Giannis has never been you know a bad a bad free throw shooter, but um, obviously you really want him to pay those off. And I think it also speaks to guys who are good free throw shooters. Usually, as we've said around draft time, it's usually a leading indicator of guys who have some touch and, and have some potential to, to improve as, as you know, just general shooters. So hopefully that's, that's the case. Um, so I'm trying to find who the officials were for tonight. I don't think it was the same crew. Um, but I did realize this fact. It was exactly one year ago that the bucks hosted the blazers. Two years in a row, they played the Blazers on December seventh. Do you know what the Bucks' record was last year when when they won that game? Um, I do not, but I can attempt to find out very quickly. Um, I feel like it wasn't bad. Maybe I can't. Do no, that. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm sure a topic of conversation that we'll have when we have some more time. I think we we'll probably wrap up for the night, but you know, will be sort of this ongoing conversation. The Bucks are now at the twenty game mark. Um, you know, uh, John Schumann was was on. A, I think it was on the Locked On podcast with David Locke, actually, which um, is definitely one to go back to. NBA.com, great analytical guy. And I think maybe it was a Pelton conversation. But I thought it was John brought up the fact that usually after 20 games, there's surprisingly little movement in the the, the standings. So, you know, the the eight teams that are in playoff position after 20 games it's normally seven of eight right it's normally like seven out of eight are in the final standings so you know and again the bucks obviously had have had some some things going for them with with the home heavy schedule but um you know the fact that they've been showing you know the the fact that they have a good point differential that they've been holding up against good teams they've not been you know it's it's been a while since we saw the bucks really lay lay an egg i mean they have had a couple against detroit to dallas um and Miami, they had some bad games, yep. but but those were a while ago. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think I think we're definitely we're definitely getting that phase where if they you know if they beat Atlanta um, and then they have to go on the road if they can again continue to just kind of scrape out wins and um, stay around five hundred. I think through the end of December, I think uh, 
I'll certainly be 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 thinking long and hard about revisiting sort of my expectations for sure. Because um, right now, you know, hey, if you just if you just want to multiply it out, you'd say there are you know twenty games. They have eleven wins. Say forty four plus maybe one. You're at a forty five win pace. But um, obviously the uh, the 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 home road split will will work against you moving forward. So that's that's also something to consider. Actually. I'm gonna. I'm. You. You can offer your thoughts. I'm actually just gonna take a quick peek at 5:38 to see where their uh, their live projections have the Bucks. At the time of the Blazers game last year, the Bucks, after beating the Blazers on that Henson block of a Myers Leonard floater, were nine and thirteen. They were seven and thirteen at the twenty game mark. Uh, so a two game win streak uh, to go to nine and thirteen after the Blazers win. Uh, so they were worse last year at that time. Um, and obviously played some pretty stinky basketball, uh, throughout those first 22 games or so. Um, but yeah, not quite as good. And yeah, we should be wrapping up, but Frank, what do you have for me for projections, et cetera? Yeah. So, and again, this, this reflects, I think that, you know, again, probably that, that home road split, I think the, the point differential has been fine, but the home road split and, and just the schedule generally being weaker for the Bucks so far, um, they're currently projected to go 39 and 43, uh, on five, four, 38 with a 49% chance of making the playoffs, which is sort of reflective of, um, the general weakness of the East. Obviously a lot of the teams that we thought might be decent. I mean, the magic Hawks, wizards, heat, Sixers nets are all currently projected to finish worse than the Bucks, and I think probably the 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 Hawks being in that group is probably the most interesting one, especially uh, especially poignant given that they will be hosting the Hawks on Friday. All right, that's going to be it for us uh, tomorrow. We will have the second part of our mailbag. Hopefully the first part entertained you, uh, but that'll be the second part. I will warn you, it is supersized, but it's the weekend. So if you just want to listen to the first 20 minutes of it, go for it. I don't care. You can listen to the rest of it later (laughs) and you're going to double click and that's awesome. So uh, I'm all about those clicks. So uh, do whatever you want with it, but it's going to be long and it's going to be fun. And I think, uh, Giannis heavy today's mailbag was not very, uh, Giannis heavy, uh, tomorrow's will. And I guess I'm screwing up days, but whatever. Um, so that'll be it for us. Bucks win one fifteen one Oh seven over the Portland trailblazers. Giannis gets his, what is it? Second triple double of the season. Seventh of his career. Jabari Parker, 27 points. Beasley Monroe Brogdon combined for 40 off of the bench. Uh, So that'll be it for us for tonight. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. We'll talk to you later.